This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's time for a one-of-a-kind poker party. Poker Night in America is streaming live from Studio 52 in Las Vegas. Join us nightly at 8 p.m. Eastern Time as some of the biggest names in poker play in the ultimate house game. Watch on the Poker Night in America channel on YouTube and Twitch or go to PokerNight.com. Poker Night in America is back and ready to party. Hello and welcome to the Betting Weekly Extra Time League Arts Show brought to you in association with Bet Rivers. I'm Rob Daly and with me, as always, after the World Cup is James Eastham and Steve Wiss. Gents, great to have you back, Steve. Starting with you, your thoughts on the World Cup, how your picks went. We'll get on to France specifically in a minute, but overall, your thoughts on the World Cup. Good day, gentlemen. Yes, um, it's good to be back. I must say it feels a bit weird to be back and certainly from a French uh, linger point of view. Very, very strange indeed to have matches at this time of year. Normally, we're just getting ready for the Coupe de France um, round at the start of January, aren't we, James? But um, in terms of the World Cup, it was overall a decent World Cup for me. I was saved by a couple of uh, selections, particularly Argentina outright. I got a few things badly wrong, got a few things quite right so it was a mixed bag really for me in in the world cup and i think everyone kind of had their ups and downs in that tournament from a betting perspective yeah same as steve ups and downs on the betting front rob um one of our picks which came in on the show that steve and i did before the tournament was on france to not get maximum points in the group stage Uh, they duly delivered on that tip by losing to tunisia they never really get maximum points france in group stages of tournaments so yeah on the betting front there were some good moments and generally really enjoyed the football thought the standard was pretty good um and like a lot of people i was you know although i was rooting for france to win it in some ways i was quite pleased to see messi win the world cup like a lot of people for what he's achieved in his career it's great to see him round it off with that so overall loved loved what we saw well there were quite a few league players in the france squad james first we'll get it from both of you but first of all to you your thoughts on how france did and whether they should have won it yeah um i think overall it was a good world cup for france i think you know getting to the final and taking argentina as far as they did was was excellent even though they didn't play that well in in much of the final i actually think france overachieved by getting to the final rob i thought they had the squad to make the last four maybe but i was surprised they went further than that and i think it's been a good tournament for didier deschamps i think Maybe been over underplayed outside France, just how many players were missing from the France squad who would have not only been in the squad, but would have played. Presnel Kimpembe would have played uh, in the first 11 as the left centre-back. Uh, Paul Pogba, N'Golo Kante and Karim Benzema would all have been in the starting 11. And so would Lucas Hernandez, who started the tournament and then dropped out through injury. So 
you're looking at five of their 10 outfield starters were missing from that France squad. Now, I, I don't think a team in living memory has got to a World Cup final, actually, with that many starters missing. So I think they did very, very well. The players that came in generally did well. I think Deschamps got a couple of big tactical calls uh, right. Primarily this new position where he reinvented Antoine Griezmann as more of a central midfielder. Actually, if you look at the heat maps, that type of thing, that's where he played. Um, so, yeah, I think France can be very pleased with how it went. There's a lot of disappointment at the moment still in France. A um, few inquiries into whether they should have practiced penalties more. Didier Deschamps does not practice penalties. He considers it a lottery. And you can question that, given the World yeah. Cup finals just gone to penalties. Um, yeah. But generally, I think it was a good tournament. And I think, you know, getting to another final, I think they've been in four of the last seven World Cup finals, France, two wins, two it's defeats. Bad, it's, it? it's not bad. So yeah. overall, I think it's a it's a it's a big positive. Do you know what you make a very good point about the penalties there, James? And um, I don't know how you felt about this, but I was very confident that Argentina would win on penalties. They, yeah. um, I know they kicked off just before penalties started. They were minus one fifteen to win, and I thought that was quite fair because it was obvious they had the better penalty taking lineup and they had the far better goalkeeper as well. So. Mm. Yeah. I was quite confident that Argentina would win on penalties. But um, in general, I think France have to be applauded for a, an excellent World Cup. They have overachieved. I was shocked how far they went. I was shocked in general how well they played at times. You know, I th- you could say they maybe got a little bit lucky against England. Um, but Didier Deschamps, I, you know, you've got to look at that manager now and, and you've got to give him an awful lot of credit because he gets the most out of his teams wherever he's at. And he has a knack of winning silverware or getting very close to winning silverware. And uh, they miss so many players to injury. So fair play to France. They did a lot, lot better than I, than I personally expected. Well, the World Cup will come up throughout the course of the show because we're going to have to be working up what players are going to be back. And there's been varying timeframes on, on players returning. Uh, before we get to the five games we're going to be talking about this week, as Steve mentioned, hard to believe that we are we're mm. back in league action so soon after the World Cup final. But here are how the uh, betting weekly handicappers league table is looking right now. And as you can see, this show, the league are show, and it has been for almost the whole of the season, is the top performing show on the uh, Bet Rivers network. So um, let's see if we can keep that going into the second part of the season. Five games to discuss. And we're going to start with PSG against Strasbourg. They play on uh, Wednesday. Um, you both have picks for this. James, you want to go first? Yes, PSG Strasbourg, Rob. I've gone on under goals here. It's under 3.25 goals, which is available at plus 102. So this is essentially a bet on the game having three goals or fewer. If it has three goals or fewer, you will make a profit with this pick. And... The main reason I've gone for this is purely and simply the uncertainty about whether the big three up front for PSG will play any part in this game. We know Lionel Messi won't be playing any part in this game. He's going to be in Argentina for Christmas and he certainly won't be playing on the 28th of December for PSG. We know Kylian Mbappe and Neymar are back in training at PSG, but we also know the plan was for them not to play in this game. So it would be a huge surprise if... Mbappe and Neymar played 90 minutes and it would be a big surprise if they started the match. So those three players at the moment, it looks, may not play any part in this game. They have scored between them 30 of PSG's 43 goals in the league this season. That's 70% of all PSG's goals 
have come from the big three up front. And actually, if you look at the next top scorer, it's Ashraf Hakimi from right back with three goals. And he may not play either because obviously he went to the last four of the World Cup and may be rested here. So this is really a bet on. Will a PSG game without the big three up front have four or more goals in it? And I'm saying, no, it probably won't. So you may want to wait for team news. You may want to wait to see whether Mbappe and Neymar are on the bench. There's obviously a bit of a risk that if they are on the bench, they may come on and they may play and they may score. We don't know. But I do think those three up front are so important that at the moment, as we're recording the show, Rob, it looks like they, they're probably not going to be involved very much, if at all. Um, I think the chances of the game having four or more goals are pretty slim. Um, so that's my pick. I should say one other thing. Strasbourg, it does look like, will have a weak defence in this game. The team news coming out of Strasbourg ahead of the matches, they will be under strength. So that would be a, a counter factor uh, to the bet. But I think the main factor is on those big three up front. And the question marks over whether they'll play at all means that at the moment, I think, you know, betting on the game having under under four goals is is definitely worth taking. Yeah, my pick for the game is Strasbourg plus two on the Asian handicap at minus 134. Um, I was also very tempted by this under of James's, which I do like because I don't tip unders on this show, do I? So um, it had to be the Asian handicap. And I actually think there's a good chance that uh, PSG don't win this game. And um, a, a big part of this pick is a fade of PSG. 11 players of theirs went to the World Cup, the most, unsurprisingly, of any team in Ligue 1. And, um, you know, it looks like perhaps Mbappe will play some part in this fixture, but we know there's so many uh, guys officially ruled out, either injured or on holidays or just not going to be physically ready. And and they're going to be massively under strength, especially going forward. I'll just focus on the Strasbourg aspect here because... I, I often talked in the shows building up to the World Cup that um, I expected a manager to get sacked, Julian Stefan. It doesn't mean I, I would have agreed with that decision, though, because I think if you look what they did last season, it was it was an overachievement. They didn't overachieve in terms of metrics. They got exactly what they deserved. But really, they just played football far better than anyone could have foreseen. And this season, it's gone the other way around. They've, um, they've underachieved in terms of not just performance, but also metrics. Their expected points is actually 18.32, which would have them in 11th place. So it's, 11th isn't a brilliant position, but it's far better than the second bottom spot that they are now. So really, they have been underachieving this year and they've decided to stick with their manager. I, I would expect him to be in charge for the rest of the year now. It makes no sense to change it. And, and why would you now? Because... End of the day, six months ago, he was one of the most highly sought-after managers in France, Julian Stefan. So I think they've probably made the right decision here. It's nice to see them giving backing to a manager. You're right, they, they might be a little bit under strength defensively. Alexander Chiku is suspended for betting offences. There's been a few casualties um, the league have clamped down here. I actually think, though, it might make them more defensively strong because if you weaken defensively, your your game plan is going to be more cautious, isn't it? Because you've got players in there who you wouldn't necessarily trust. So you're just going to sit deeper and deeper and probably make yourself hard to break down. I'd be very surprised if Strasbourg lose this match by more than the two-goal margin. So a plus-two Asian handicap makes sense to me. The manager himself actually has a good record against PSG. He beat them twice when he was manager of Rennes. 
And last year, they gave them two very good games. It actually ended three all and four two, which doesn't bode well for James's underbet, does it? But um, it, it did show that they're very competitive against uh, PSG. Completely different manager matchup here, by the way. Galtier uh, against Stefan. I do expect a tight contest. Don't rule out the nil-nil here. And uh, I, I think there's a good chance that uh, Strasbourg get, get a result. So uh, the plus two Asian, that's that stuck out to me. Similar energy, actually, to your, t- your two picks in a way, isn't it, really? That par- yeah. I mean, it's first versus 19th in the table, but that we won't yeah. quite see that perhaps on the pitch. I, I, I get a feeling Mbappe will want to play. Do you think? I mean, mm. he was back training, wasn't he? That, so the World Cup final was the Sunday, back training the Wednesday? Wasn't yeah, like... back training, flew back Monday, birthday, Tuesday, I think it was, training Wednesday. So, you know, I, I, yeah, he's such a headstrong character. And it's great to see in a way that he's come back. Galtier, it's an, yet another challenge for him to have that conversation about, you know, how many minutes you'll play, you know, the yeah. manager picks and not yeah. you. So, yeah, he's obviously very, very disappointed with what happened in the World Cup final. He He will want to get out there. And, you know, he's eyes on the prizes, Mbappe. He'll be turning his attention now to, you know, dominating the rest of the season. So we'll see. But like Steve, I wouldn't be surprised if they give him some minutes because he'll probably want some minutes, you know. And that is obviously a threat because he's in... He's in great form and he's just been top scorer in the World Cup. So he's obviously in great form. We'll see what happens. Okay, Steve, can you quickly build a front three then that you could see PSG playing with (laughs) if, if they don't have any of those... Those Got guys. me on the spot there, Rob. I'm not no, actually no. sure because I think you could you could end up seeing potentially. I mean, if Hakimi was going to play, which I don't think he will, you could almost have seen him popping up on the right wing. Actually, um, oh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I just I don't, don't know. know I I wouldn't. Be I mean, I think if... I think they might play. I mean, Ekitike, I think will lead the line because yeah. he's yeah. He certainly played in their games while everyone else has been off of the World Cup. I I don't know. I mean. Carlos Soler was Soler, being yeah. used a little bit in that extended, in that advanced role in the first half of the season when they started to want to rotate some of the big players out. Yeah, will will he start? Um, yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see w- what they do because, like Steve has said, with the eleven players out, it's not even like you can pick some of the reserve players. You know, so you're almost struggling to put a team together. Renato Sanchez on the right wing. We've seen they that did in actually, the past they, at other they clubs. They did actually bomb out quite a lot of the sort of uh, peripheral forward players, didn't they? In the summer, even like Draxler yeah. and. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a small squad, you know. So, as Steve said, with 11 players missing, you've almost at mm-hmm. PSG only got about 11 players left. I'm sure we'll oh, see they, some of the some of the young buy, players buy some strikers, don't they? I mean, absolutely. Yeah, I mean they <laughs> they did want one in the summer, which they didn't get, and, and you mean you got an argument now for why? So I think we'll see an extremely young bench, and even if Mbappe is on the bench, there won't be many other options. So yeah, I think Strasbourg here will be looking at this and licking their lips actually, because there's probably not been a better time to play PSG almost any time in the last couple of seasons. You could argue with this many this many players out and and, and just going to play no part in the game. Okay, let's ask Steve a question that is in the running order about Brest versus Leon. This is one of your picks, Steve. So um, let's have it. Yeah, let's have it straight away, Rob. Um, the pick is over two point seven five goals at minus one hundred four. Brest against Leon, and Brest's coaching situation. There's some really weird managerial stuff still going around in Liga. They still have the a trio of coaches in charge of them. Bruno Grauji, Julian Lecure, and Ivan Borgis. Now, none of these guys, I was reading an article about this, have the the UEFA Pro license. So every time that Brest takes the field, they have to pay a €25,000 fine. 
because they don't have well, anyone who's got the pro license. Same with uh, Rams, by the way. Um, of, oh, with Will, of, Will, Still. Will Still, he's yeah. going to get his pro license in the summer, but it's going to cost them half a million euros until then. And it's the same with Brest. And they've actually appointed a new goalkeeping coach, Christophe Revel, which shows to me that they're quite happy with this trio in charge right now. So, I, I mean, I don't mind them. I think they have a bit of passion to to, to this Brest team because uh, that's what they were lacking at the start of the season. Uh, I like the goals here because I just don't trust either defence. If you look at the the stats here throughout the whole year, certainly Brest's perspective, they don't keep many clean sheets at all. Generally play quite attacking football. I actually watched a bit of their friendly last uh, last night against uh, Wren. They lost it 3-1. They lost another friendly against Osasuna recently 3-0. They, they just don't have an ability to keep it tight. At all, they've um, <clears throat> never confirmed a signing um, in early January. Kenny Lala is coming in on a free, but he won't be available yet until uh, obviously he he joins them officially. He's been playing in friendlies. I just think this is going to be quite an offensive game because um, Leon themselves can't rely on defence. They actually lost a friendly against Monza yesterday. Italian team, the defence looked very ragged, according to several reports, and, and it doesn't surprise me because their defensive setup is just not great either. They need defensive reinforcements. Only two, only two Leon players were actually at the World Cup, which is a shocking stat, isn't it? Wow, kind of kind of shows you where they are as a club nowadays, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, um, Tagliafico and Carl Tocco can be now. Tagliafico is not going to be around here, is he? He's going to be uh, celebrating in. Uh, in South America, Carl Tucker or Cambio, I imagine, will play some part. But um, yeah, Leon themselves, Laurent Blanc, he's got a bit of a big job on his, on his uh, hands since he took over. I looked at the XG stats and they should be conceding and scoring more goals since he's taken over. The last three Leon games have ended under two and a half. But I think this will be at least three goals here. So I'm taking over 2.75. I also like both teams scoring. But it's one of those matches where could I see uh, an over with both teams not scoring? And I could, because if Leon do turn up, they're capable of covering this goal line on their own. And I suppose you could even say there's a slight chance Brest could cover it on their own as well. Ooh. So um, I think there's at least three goals over 2.75 at minus 104. That will do me here. Yeah, just very quickly on that, I totally agree with Steve on this being a, a, a game of two teams with poor defences. And on Leon's defence, it looks like the number two left back, um, Henrique, might be out as well, who is the cover for Taliafico. And there's a chance, apparently, Malo Gusto might be out as well. He's the only real right back in the squad. So we could have further problems at, at, in the fullback positions for for Leon, who even at full strength are poor defensively. So yeah, it's it looks a great pick this to me. Okay, good intel as well there, James. They did beat Liverpool, didn't they, the other day, Leon as we well did. as far yeah. as mid season friendlies. But um, there we go. Okay, so that's Brest versus Leon. Um, three of our five picks are the Wednesday games, so we've got one more to go to Clermont uh, against Lille, and this is you, James. Yeah, this is my pick, Rob. I'm back in Lille to win this game at Claremont on Wednesday. I'm backing them on the uh, Asian Handicap, minus 0.75 start at plus 100. Um, so basically with that pick, you'll make some profit if they win by a single goal, and you'll make a bigger profit if they win by two or more goals. 
The thinking here, Rob, is on the mid-season break, actually. So you, know, you can argue, does it make any difference how teams do in the mid-season break? I think it could do. I think it, it may well do this this on this round of matches. Um, we see that in pre-season, teams that do very well in pre-season, they do often start the season well. And Lille have had probably the best mid-season break of any League One side. Um, it's been fantastic for them. They've played five matches. They've got four wins and a draw. And they've played some very, very good football. So Lille go into this first match of League One games after the World Cup in very good form. Um, their most recent friendly this week, they beat Napoli 4-1 in Napoli, which has been a fantastic way to round off. They had four mm. different scorers. In that match, they've scored 11 goals in total across their five mid-season break friendlies. So it's really a straight pick on Lille to win this game because of their form. And, you know, as I say, form where we'll see if it does make any difference. But the reports have been very good on how they've played. Uh, They've got pretty good team news. There might be a slight question mark over whether Jonathan David starts because he was at the World Cup, although he, he did score in that final friendly against Napoli. Um, a bit like Steve mentioned with with Leon, Lille have been relatively unaffected by the World Cup, so a lot of the players that will start this this game have been playing in their in their mid season break friendlies. So, to all intents and purposes, there's a good chance I think that Lille hit the ground running here, and they'll certainly be up for that because they're an ambitious team. They want to make Europe through the league this season. They're slightly off the pace, you could say compared to where they'd like to be. So they've got everything to play for. And as I say, they are a better team on paper than Claremont anyway. Claremont haven't had a good mid-season break. They've played three matches. Uh, They've lost two of them and they've drawn one. They've conceded a lot of goals. So there is a slight imbalance here in terms of form going into the match. And I just feel that with good team news and with the momentum, especially from the Napoli win, which is a really big win for Lille. I mean, it's got a lot of coverage locally in Lille because it was a a big result against a big side. Um, I think they'll go into this game very confident. So, yeah, the pick is on Lille to win. If you want to back Lille just to win the game rather than on the Asian handicap, then there'll be be odds on. With this pick at plus 100 on the Asian handicap, you just get slightly bigger odds. Yeah. One thing I'll say here from the Clermont point of view, James, is um, they're very much an overachieving side. In fact, only really Lorient at Lons... Uh, the two teams have overachieved more statistically this season um, in expected points, expected goals against no teams overachieved more than, than Clermont. And on paper, they're still one of the worst three teams, in my opinion. If the manager keeps them up, Pascal Gastiat, this will be an unbelievable job because he's working with uh, not many tools here at uh, Clermont. So uh, we always remember that with, with this team on paper, they're not that good. So if Lille show their class, I think it's a very good pick. Steve, you've brought this kind of thing up before. How wary are you pick, making a pick on a game whereby a team is is so massively overachieving in terms of XG against XG four? Is it a case of, well, it's got to come home to roost at some point. They've got to yeah. start hitting their actual numbers at some point. I'm very wary about it. Unless you're looking at the squad and there's a lot of quality there who will always overachieve. Like PSG will always overachieve their metrics. But you understand why. Right. 
Because they're when, above when, average anyway. Yeah, it, because they've way. got qualities who are yeah. above average and you yeah. expect them to overachieve. Yeah. With, with with teams like this, usually they regress to the norm, but there's always exceptions as, with every team each year. But I'm always suspicious and I'm always on the lookout and I would rather be against them than, than siding with them. Okay, uh, let's go to Thursday's games. There are a handful on Thursday. Um, Marseille versus Toulouse. Steve, with another Marseille pick for the show. Yeah. Um what have you got here, Steve? And also, while you're answering, maybe tell us where you think Marseille are at at uh, 15 games into the season. Over 2.75 goals again here, Rob, at minus 122. I think this is going to be quite a high-scoring contest. Where are, whereabouts are OM? Well, that's a very good question. I'm not even sure I can give you an answer because <laughs> they've been all over the place at times this season. And um, I've generally read them quite wrong, actually. They, they've been performing in matches that I've expected them to struggle in and vice versa. I think the World Cup break came at a good time, um, despite them losing their last, sorry, winning their last two games before the World Cup. I think it actually was a good time for them to reset. They can now fully focus on the league for the rest of the season. Coup de France as well. And they're not they're not in a bad place. Really, they should finish second place, in, in my opinion. Now they've got a lot of advantages compared to other teams around them. The squad is strong, it's got a lot of depth. Whether or not they manage to live up to that billing, I'm not sure. And not um, in Europe because... at all now, are they? I mean it's... No, they're out of Europe. They can yeah, focus completely. entirely on the league. Yeah. 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 So they should do all right. They should win this game quite comfortably, actually. I looked at them on a minus one Asian handicap to to lose do not have a good record against any team in the top 10 this year. All their wins have been against teams below them. Um, just reading out some results here. They lost 2-1 against Rennes, 2-0 against Monaco, 3-0 to Lons, 2-1 against Lille, 3-0 against PSG. I mean, the, the opposition covered the goal line in most of those games anyway. So I think overs do make sense. <clears throat> and the reason I've gone with overs rather than the Asian handicap on Marseille is because I think Toulouse can contribute a goal because they're quite offensive-minded. They'll give it a good go but they've got an injury to Mikel Desser at right back. He's ruled out Jenneru in midfield is is, is an injury as well. <clears throat> Marseille have got a bit of um, doubts with team news with Gwendouzi, Veratu, Harry and Bailey are injured, but I just think this is going to be quite a high-scoring contest. There's a, I'm not a head-to-head man, as you know, Rob, but I've got to give this stat here because uh, Toulouse have not beaten uh, Marseille in any of the last 19 match that's, competitive. That's the kind of number it feels relevant then. <clears throat> I'm only once in the last 30. I was in all my time covering French football, I've hardly ever remembered to lose winning. And there was just that one nil win back in 2012. Abdenor got the winner that day, but uh, generally they're just terrible against Marseille. So I, I just like the goals. I think Marseille cover it themselves anyway, but over 2.75 at minus 122. Okay, let's yep. move on to the uh, final game of the show then. And James, this is one of yours. Uh, Lorient versus Montpellier on Thursday. Um, yes. So what have you got here? Asian handicap. Yeah, Lorient Montpellier. So I'm going on Montpellier here, Rob, which is a, mm, we'll see what happens. It's probably the weakest of my three <laughs> picks. I'm not going to talk anybody out of it. Come um, on, James. Let's have a bit more <laughs> conviction than that. Yeah. That's well, again, you know, sell. this is, this Ooh. is, um, this we'll is very much. 
Yeah, you're, you mentioned like, you know, will things change in, um, on the talking about teams overachieving, underachieving? There's a lot of that thought here. Have Lorient overachieved? Steve's already alluded to the fact we think maybe they have mm. uh, they're near the top of the table. So it's like well, you like to get ahead of the game and back against them uh, when the odds are still there and, you know, good odds to back against them. There's a bit of that going on here. I don't think Lorient can continue to play as well in the second half of the season as they did in the first. And I'm not sure they'll continue to get as many points uh, in the second half of the season as they did in the first. But it's also really quite a lot about Montpellier. This um, They have been poor this season, but I sensed again during the mid-season break that we might have seen a change here from Montpellier. Um, so they've given their managerial position permanently to Roman Pito, who was working as uh, an interim manager in the final four or five games before the World Cup. And it does look as though the mid-season break has gone well for Montpellier. So they've had a settled side in their friendlies. They've won two of their three friendlies. They've got a win against Toulouse. All the reports coming out from the local media in Montpellier is that they've completely reset during this winter break. The attitude of the players has been much better. That was a problem at times in the first half of the season. So, you know, we have to wait and see really whether this will play out in competitive games. But going into this game, certainly the mood in Montpellier is quietly confident. They do feel as though they may have reached a turning point in the season and that things are about to improve. So you got a game here between the Lorient side who I think may struggle to keep picking up points at the same rate that they did in the first half of the season and a Montpellier side who look as though they might be about to improve. So on that basis, I'm back in Montpellier on the Asian handicap. It's plus 0.25 at plus 112. So with this pick, you've basically got two out of the three horses running for you. If the game ends in a draw, you'll make a profit. And if Montpellier win the game, you'll make a profit. So it's effectively a bet on Lorient not winning the match. And um, yeah, we'll see. It might need a few weeks for these factors to feed into performances, but um, let's try and get ahead of the game and, and, and back it now. Okay, boys, that's it. That's all of our games. Good work. And just in the nick of time as well. So before we leave you um, at home, we'll just uh, show you a reminder of the six picks from the five matches that the guys have made uh, this week, although James did seem to lack any kind of conviction for that, <laughs> for that final L'Oreal uh, Montpellier pick. But lots of action. Sometimes the guys don't tend to go for, for Paris Saint-Germain. There's not a lot of value in those games, but they believe with a perhaps under strength uh, Paris Saint-Germain, there is some value in that game on Wednesday, the 28th of uh, December. We're back soon, aren't we? Because there's another round of games. Yep. A few, a th- three or four days later. Yes. Um, so, so we're going to have loads for you. Uh, Steve, great to see you again, mate. Missed you. Missed you I've, missed, I've missed you both. <laughs> missed, well, certainly you, Rob. Not well, me, me and James <laughs> were on a show at least. But, so. I've, I've missed James too. We we did work you together too, briefly Rob. during the World Cup. We did. But, uh, uh, good we to see did. you, gents. Okay, that's all we have time for on Betting Weekly Extra Time, the League on Show, brought to you in association with Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. If you want more from the likes of Steve and James and all the experts on the network, follow on Twitter at Because uh, We Win and follow that account before Elon ruin, ruins the whole website. Um, that's all we've got time for. We'll see you in a few days for Round 17, a reminder that all prices are available at the Bet Rivers website. Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly Extra Time on the Bet Rivers Network. <laughs>